0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Praise God. I want to be reminded of that every day. Every day. He is my everything. Praise the Lord. I know you're standing and respect that. Today, if you'll join me in the book of Acts, chapter 2, and verse number 38. It's been several weeks now since we've been able to come back to a series that we started uh, a few months ago on foundations. And so this morning, with I, I want to make a few comments, preface where we're going, and, um, so that I maybe can prepare with the help of the Lord of the hearts of everyone here. I realize that some of the things we're going to be talking about today are things that you have heard over and over and over and over again. But don't ever get weary with well-worn paths. Because you just never know when walking down a well-worn path when you're going to look down and see a brand new flower blooming. And then God can just take us to another dimension of understanding. If nothing else, can solidify what we already know. But today, you know, the the Bible talks about the God of this world blinding the minds of people. And so there may be even some in this house today who have heard what I'm going to be talking about this morning multiple times. But perhaps because of the enemy's assault against your mind, that, that the scripture has not been opened or clear. And so I prayed against that today. I prayed that God would let our minds and our eyes be open to not what Steve Boyd has to say today, but what the Word of God has to say today. Because it's not about me, this is about the Word of God. Amen. So let's talk about, we've been talking about the fundamental aspects of the church, foundational aspects of the church, and today we're going to be talking about baptism. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. With that said, I pray that God will help all of us in our minds and our hearts to be open to the Spirit and the Word and the will of God as we make this journey for the next few minutes. Amen. May the Lord bless you, and you can be seated in the fear of the Lord. I think that One of the things that um, we must first understand is that baptism is a spiritual imperative. Amen. And so we we can't go any further at all without a clear and concise understanding that baptism in Scripture is not a suggestion. This is not something you can do if you just want to feel super spiritual or... Something you can do if the mood strikes us just right, but baptism, water baptism, is a scriptural imperative. The apostles administered water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, not arbitrarily, but they administered water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And to be sure, the church continues that practice today. And so it's not the water in which we are submerged that cleanses us. It has nothing to do with that at all. The water that we are baptized in is the same water here physically that we use in our drinking fountain. It's the same water that we use to water the lawn. It's the same water that we use to wash the church van. Amen. And so it's not the water. It has nothing to do with the water. But it's the identification Baptism is the identification and the association with the one whose name we take on in baptism. It's very, very important, and that name is Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus gives uh, gives significance. It gives a lot of things to us, but it certainly gives significance to repentance. It would be a shame to try to repent without the power of Jesus to help us in that regard. The name of the Lord prepares us both to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost, to repent and and receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and then initiates that Spirit of God in us, helps initiate a brand new life. Because you can't live for God successfully, long term, without the Spirit of God to assist us, to lead us and guide us in all things. We may have the willpower to start, and we may have the strength to go a few miles alone. But we need the spirit and the power and the presence of God to lead us and guide us into all truth. And what are baptism in the name of Jesus is not, as some, as some would believe, just an optional. And some even would say that baptism is just a public display of someone's faith in Christ. But I would tell you today that baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is a vital component of, of the new birth experience. This is a necessary piece of this new birth experience. It's then and there that our sins are washed away, not by the power of the preacher, not by the power of the influence of the church, or not by the power of that particular service, but it is by the power of Jesus Christ. Because we have the privilege today in modern times and modern settings to baptize people generally in nice, clean, clear, most of the time even warm water. And, and we do that in a, in a setting and we make that as significant as we possibly can to match the significance of that in Scripture. But well, let me tell you that water baptism doesn't always take place with skilled musicians playing instruments and wonderful singers singing in the background. And we're not always in nice, clear, clean water and uh, it's not always warm water but there are uh, there are people all over the world not just around the not around the globe but even in the United States of America who perhaps churches do not have a formal baptistry and so they just resort to whatever means are necessary whatever means are available i can remember my grandfather baptizing in the Suwannee river i can remember uh, my, uh, my pastor, brother Billy Tumman, we would go out before the church had a baptistry and, and, uh, we would go out into, uh, Lake McLeod. I think that was the name of the lake there by their home. And, uh, and, uh, they would just take sticks because there's holes, there's drop-offs and they would just take sticks and just walk out there. And, you know, we're talking about holes and drop-offs and that's kind of just totally ignoring the water moccasins and alligators. I made it sound like you better re- really be careful of those holes. <laughs> but You may be, need to be careful of what's in those holes. But nevertheless, baptism administered. And so it was, it was not the person that was doing it, but it was whose name we are associating our lives with. That's what makes the difference. That name is Jesus Christ. That name. It's a vital component. And so it's then and there that our sins are washed away. And so this is not just a religious ritual This is not just something we're doing because it's part of the tenet of our faith and it's in the bylaws of the church and et cetera, et cetera, but this is, we are doing this because this has eternal weight and eternal consequences because I need my sins remitted because of its importance in the process of salvation. Water baptism is an important biblical doctrine and I think it is so important. Important that we underline that that it is a biblical doctrine. This is part of the foundation that we are built on—the apostles and the prophets. And so, the objective of our of our lesson here today is not to examine the denominational views upon this or even traditional teachings. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna today. The objective is just to look at the Word of God, Amen, and let the Word of God speak for itself. And if this word needs me to defend it, to be valid, we're all in trouble. Furthermore, if it needs you to hold it up and validate it, we're all in trouble. The word will stand when the world is gone. The word will stand. Amen. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he stated that that baptism in our text today, Acts 2.38, was for the remission of sin. According to Strong's Concordance, the Greek word translated remission, as used in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, plainly means freedom or pardon. Freedom or pardon. Now, that may not mean a lot to you who are free today, but if you will follow some of the teams of our men this afternoon when they walk into a prison setting, and if you start using the words there, freedom and pardon, that takes on a whole nother light. Amen, because they get what freedom would be and they get what a pardon would mean to them. And so if you were to be able to have the authority, the power to walk in with a piece of paper in your hand and uh, you could walk up to a cell, that proverbial cell and say, I hold in my hand, sir, a pardon for you. I am very confident that those words would be followed by uncontrollable tears and immeasurable joy to be pardoned from that sentence that had been placed upon them. Amen. So when we think about we are being baptized for the pardon of our sin, we're being baptized for the to be set free, a freedom from our sin. And here's the, here's the real fly in the ointment if we are not careful. As after a while when we're living for the Lord, we get a few miles, a few years, a few decades down the road, We can kind of look over our shoulder and not see ourselves quite as sinful as we were. Quite as lost as we were. Because, you know, the past kind of has some rose-colored glasses that goes with it. We talk about the good old days. Those good old days with no running water. Those good old days when if you needed to use a restroom in the middle of the night, well, you're probably going to have to walk across the backyard. Those good old days. Those good old days. I'm not here to stir up trouble today. But I'm just telling you that sometimes we can look with rose-colored glasses at yesterday and realize that, uh, and through that, I almost form the opinion that we weren't really that bad. But that's why the scripture says, not through condemnation, but that's why the scripture admonishes us, don't ever forget where you came from. Don't forget the pit that you were dug. Don't forget the rock from which... Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you were before the blood touched your life. And so, amen, I don't ever want to stop rejoicing over the pardon from sin. The freedom from sin. Hallelujah. Praise God. Therefore, the purpose of baptism involves the pardoning of sin. The, The Bible gives explicit instructions mandating the essentiality of water baptism... For our salvation. The Bible also is clear regarding the mode uh, for practicing baptism. It's important to understand, I think, both not only the mode, but also the essentiality of baptism as it relates to Jesus Christ. And so there's, there are some people that believe this, they understand this, but they don't practice this. Or there are there some people that believe it, but they don't see the essentiality of it. And so they believe it to a measure. The Greek word for baptize means to literally dip or to plunge or to immerse. And so it's apparent that when the scripture speaks of being baptized in water, that the idea of immersion is in clear view. Additionally, Jesus directed, directly connected baptism with believing and salvation. Because there are those that say that all you need to do is just believe. Well, I will tell you that you must believe in order to be saved. We must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. But I can tell you today that when you, when you reach the point of believing, that is not the end of the journey. That is the beginning of the journey. Amen. You must believe. Absolutely. But Jesus connected baptism to believing and to salvation. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now watch verse 16. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Amen. So I would think that someone who believes and is baptized... Being referred to as that one that is saved, if someone doesn't believe, then they probably would be safe to say would not be baptized. But Jesus connected baptism and belief to salvation. And so we got to make sure that we have our luggage ready. We got to make sure that our bags are packed and that everything is where it should be. And so in giving his disciples the great commission, as recorded by Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Jesus commanded them to baptize. It seems apparent that the disciples understood the necessity of water baptism. I say that not in a cavalier way, but it seems apparent that they understood this. And the reason I say that is because they all practiced it and they all taught it. They didn't just tell somebody to do something, but they practiced what they were teaching. And so they they put that into motion. Throughout the the four gospels, Jesus expounded many commandments to those who followed him. Many commandments. He said like in John 14 and 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. Jesus desired for his followers to observe his commandments, referring to the motivation of their love for him. The commandment he gave concerning water baptism was no different, no different at all. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. One of those commandments was to be baptized. Jesus commanded his disciples to be baptized in his name. Make no mistake about it. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus was commanding his disciples to baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. There is just one name that is the name of the Father. There is just one name that is the name of the Son, And there is just one name that is the name of the Holy Ghost. And that one name is Jesus. Furthermore, Jesus is the only name that can bring remission. He's the only one that can bring pardon. He's the only one that can bring freedom. Amen. He is the only one. Acts 4 and 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. I will tell you this morning that when you draw a line in the sand, this has always been true, but it is, it is, it is certainly magnified in this easy come, easy go, easy believism society that we live in today. That when you stand in a pulpit and start drawing a line in the sand and say there are some musts, there are some things that are essential, it puts you in a category all by yourself today. Amen. Because our world doesn't want to hear you must. Our society doesn't want to hear no. Our society doesn't want to hear that this is what is going to be required of us. Because somehow or another... We have drank the Kool Aid as a society to think that God is just going to accept whatever we do, whatever comes down the pike, just ever how we are. Well, all road leads to all roads lead to Rome, and you believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe, and that somehow we're all going to live happily ever after. Friend, I have a mandate upon my life today. I didn't come to this. I didn't come to this pulpit with a mean spirit. I didn't come to this pulpit today with an attitude, not at all. Amen, I ask for special prayer. We have prayer in my office every every Sunday morning before I walk in this building into this pulpit. But I ask for special prayer this morning because we need the anointing of the Lord to be upon us. Why? Because we're talking about something today that is life or death. We're talking about something today that's heaven or hell. We're talking about something today that we got to get our minds, we got to get our heart, We've got to get our spirit, amen. We've got to pull ourselves into the Word of God and this Word into us, amen. Jesus is the only name that can bring remission of sins and salvation. There is no other name. The apostles both preached and practiced baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The only baptismal formula recorded in the New Testament Includes the name of Jesus. There's no Bible record, and this is so important. There is no Bible record anywhere where anyone was ever baptized using the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's just not there, ladies and gentlemen. It is just not there. And that means for some that we have to divorce ourselves from tradition. For some, that means that we have to divorce ourselves from things that that we have both heard and been taught. But can I tell you this morning that I am going to have to take this word over my grandmama's word. I'm going to have to take this word over my grandfather's word. I'm not trying to be ugly to you today. I promise you in Jesus' name, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck this morning, but there's a holy mandate. I came, I woke up this morning, I woke up this morning with a heavy heart. I woke up with shoulders that were bowed under the load of what I knew I was coming To this desk to teach today And so I tell you in the name of the Lord Amen with great fear and reverence That we've got to heed the word of God Amen this word is going to be a divider This word will be a separator Amen. This word will separate children and their parents. This word will separate. It really will separate. But I say, God, I want to be with you more than I want anything else in this world. I need you. I need you. I need you. Hallelujah. Colossians 3.17. Whatsoever you do. Whatsoever you do in word or in deed. Do it All in the name of the Lord Jesus and some say well preacher it's just semantics don't think you would be the first one to ever tell me that amen it's just semantics you're just kind of splitting hairs here you're you're just choking up over this or choking up over that no 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 amen I've got to have some authority by what authority am I going to sign this check by what authority am I going to do business by what authority am I going to lay hands on the sick and they recover I better not Pray in Steve's name. I better not pray in Junior's name. I had better not pray in Bob's name. I had better not pray in Jerry's name. I better not pray in Adrian's name. I had better have some power and some authority because the devil's not afraid of Jerry. The devil's not afraid of Bobby. Amen. The devil's not afraid of Lois. But I'll tell you what he is afraid of. He's afraid of a name. Hallelujah. (laughs) He is afraid of a name. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Hell trembles at that name. Amen. That's why when we put him down in the grave, I'm going to say I baptize you in the only name that can pardon I baptize you in the only name that can give you hope for tomorrow. His name is Jesus. Praise God. Let's magnify the Lord in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Say they may so told Ilamaha Nanda Radena. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus I'm just going to go ahead and tell you I'm just going to go ahead and tell you At daylight this morning I made my way over to this sanctuary And I put water in that baptistry Amen because why Amen if you're here today And you see the need Of being buried in his name Don't leave this house Don't drive over this property Because it's the only name That can change our lives And save our souls praise God praise God praise God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Jesus. amen sister elder sister Mangan she would say right here sit down now you're on my time (laughs) oh yes she would that hurt your feelings, you just have to get over it with Sister Man. Amen. So, whatever you do, Paul instructed further, alluded to baptism in the name of Jesus Christ in his first epistle to Corinth. Corinth was a very troubled and divided church. So Paul spent a lot of time there investing himself, but he asked an important question. 1 Corinthians 1 and 12, the Bible says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. And then Paul asked a stunning question. He said, Is Christ about it? Was Paul crucified for you? Was I crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Amen. He was trying to shake them at their core, shake them at their foundation. Amen, you're saying you're of this, you're of that, but we need to understand that we all are under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. I didn't you weren't baptizing to me. Amen, you weren't baptizing my name. Hallelujah. The implication clearly suggests that the common practice of, of baptism was the name of Jesus. I, I'm going to have to hurry today, and I'm just trying to slow down and hurry at the same time, and I feel kind of torn in this, but just stay With me for a little while in Jerusalem, when Peter preached the message of salvation on the day of Pentecost, in Acts two, he clearly preached baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. No mention, no mention of titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Furthermore, he associated baptism in the name of Jesus with, as I mentioned a moment ago, the remission, the pardon, the freedom from sin. As Peter and John stood before the Sanhedrin council to testify about the healing of the lame man. When they stood there, called to question, Peter repeated the salvific importance of the name of Jesus. In Acts 4 and 12, Amen, neither is there salvation in any other, I read it a moment ago, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You know, I'm going to tell you something about church. And so I I just feel like just pausing for station identification here for just a moment. You see, the only person in the universe that knew who was going to be in this audience today was the Lord. Amen. So I didn't hurry and put this together the first three minutes of our service. Amen. So if you're hearing something today for the first time or for the hundredth time, God has ordered some steps in our lives today. And so we need to understand the value, the value of this. In Samaria, when Philip went to Samaria proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, he preached and baptized according to Acts 8. Acts 8 and 12, the Bible says, and when they believed Philip preaching the things, when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Upon their arrival in Samaria, Peter and John found Philip had been preaching the gospel to the Samaritans. That's what they discovered. The Samaritans had repented and they had been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin. And we find that in Acts eight sixteen. And here's what the scripture says. For as yet he, talking about the Spirit, was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus so I'm, I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost yet. We'll talk about that in another Sunday or so. But he said they were baptized in the name of Jesus. However, the Samaritans had not yet, even though they had not yet received the Holy Ghost, he meant that did happen. We know that that happened later when Peter and John laid their hands on these believers and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But the important thing for today is that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Caesarea, in Caesarea through the years of the early church, uh, covered in the book of Acts, the apostles never, they never changed the message of salvation, including the formula of baptism. From the day of Pentecost until the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the Gentiles in Acts 10, which was in the house of Cornelius, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around here a little bit, I'm not trying to lose you, but I've just got a lot of ground to cover here today, but If you can stay with me on this at least one point that from the day of Pentecost until where the Holy Ghost was poured out on the Jews until the day that the Holy Ghost was poured out in Acts 10 on the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius there was a period of about 8 or 10 years and I, I mentioned this on purpose because I don't want you to think that the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room And they were baptizing people in Jesus' name. And then three days later, we find them still baptizing them in Jesus' name. Or five days later, they're still baptizing people in Jesus' name. I think it's important to understand that it was many years later. They're still baptizing people in Jesus' name. This was not a one-hit wonder. That is the point I'm trying to make. This was not just a one-time thing. We find them... And, and, and through the years, they would have plenty of opportunity, met a lot of opposition, met a, a, a lot of debate. But through the years, they are still baptizing people in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin. So as Cornelius, a Roman centurion who loved, who loved the Lord, he loved the Lord with all of his heart and he was sincere. And so today I tell you that if you love God and you're sincere, he wants to reveal himself to you. Yes. He wants to show himself to you. Don't close your eyes. Don't cover your minds. The Bible says that demons. some of you would remember demons in Scripture, that demons followed the Lord for a little while, but then after a while the Bible says that Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Am I right? Yes. If we're not careful, we can just think, well, you know, he just missed worldly things. He just missed... Uh, He missed some sins that he had to lay down. He missed some habits that he had to forsake. But when you study that, you will find that that's not what the Scripture is referring to at all. Amen. Demas has forsaken me having loved this present tradition. He was far more in love with the tradition of his forefathers than he was a Holy Ghost experience. And so I'll tell you today with tremendous respect. Please hear me today, and I hope it's conveyed that, with tremendous respect for wherever your background whatever your background may have been, amen, I say with great deference to that this morning it doesn 't matter if God is leading us to a, if God is wanting to shine a light of revelation, then we had be, better be willing amen to turn around and say i thank I am so grateful for the teaching that I had that brought me to this point. You're not looking at a preacher here this morning that thinks that if you're not apostolic, that you have no knowledge of Scripture and you are absolutely a zero on the scale. Not at all. Amen. You ought to thank God every day for every Sunday school teacher that put the Word of God in you and helped you to get to where you are today. Hallelujah. They may have taught you about faithfulness to church. They may have taught you about giving. They may have taught you about prayer. They may have taught you about the word of God and its importance. But as God continues to shine the light, it is up to us. And we are responsible to keep walking in the light. Amen. David said, David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. That's what he said. But aren't you glad he didn't put his pen away? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he didn't say, Well, that's enough for today and just roll up that little piece of parchment? But he said, Thy word is a lamp. Amen. To my feet, it is an illumination to where I am here and now. But it is also a light to my path. Amen. The, the Word of God will not just illuminate where I am, but I feel the light of the Holy Ghost on a path in somebody's life here today. <laughs> Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost shining a light down a path today. And you're going to be responsible for what you do with the light. I want to walk toward the light. I want to walk in the light. I want the word of God to shine in my soul. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And so here is, here is Cornelius, this sincere Roman centurion, He's praying, and what a grand experience. An angel came to him with a message. Send for Peter. Send for Simon Peter. He will tell you what you need to do. While God was working in the house of Cornelius, he's also working on the other end. That's just how Jesus does it. Amen. He's sending Peter to an open door of salvation, not to one man. Oh, this is so important. This is not really just about Cornelius and his house. This is about an entire Gentile nation of people. Simon Peter is about to shake the church world to its knees. Yes, he is. Amen. Or the Lord is. Simon, bless his heart, he was just the mouthpiece for this. Amen. He began to preach the gospel. While Peter was preaching the message of Jesus Christ, to Cornelius and his household, the Holy Ghost fell on them just like it fell on the day of Pentecost. While he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. Amen. That's only happened to me a few times in 34 years of ministry, but I'm going to tell you the times that it has happened. It has been very stunning, very stunning. Amen. I, I was just preaching alone, the Word of God, just preaching. And somebody would just stand in their pew and lift their hands and begin to speak with other tongues and receive the Holy Ghost for the first time in their life. While they were preaching the Word, the Holy Ghost fell on them. I'm going to tell you, it can happen for you this morning. Amen. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, it can happen for you today. Amen. Peter commanded them. He commanded them. They got the Holy Ghost. They could have said, my, what a wonderful thing. This is great. This is awesome. Amen. He could have said, man, I'm going to put this down in my daily journal. They got the Holy Ghost while I was preaching. But Simon Peter kept his feet on the ground long enough to say, but this is not all. Glad you got the Holy Ghost. Very humble that it happened while the word was going forth. But he commanded them Amen. To be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 10 and 48. The Bible says, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. He said you gotta do this. You must do this. You must do this. In in Ephesus, after his conversion, Saul. Saul of Tarsus, who later became Paul. He began preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to the far reaches of the Roman Empire. On his... On his uh, Third missionary journey, some 20 years after Pentecost. You get it? We're way down the road now. This didn't just happen last Thursday. This is not something that just took place six weeks ago. But we're well down the road. He traveled. He traveled through Ephesus, a city of Asia Minor. In Ephesus, Paul met some disciples of John the Baptist and asked them if they had received the Holy Ghost. When, they learned, when he learned that they had not even heard of the Holy Ghost, he began to further question them. He asked them, well, how have you been baptized? And they replied, we have been baptized unto John's baptism. Then, then Paul, the apostle, proclaimed, amen, he commanded, he took control of the situation. And then he didn't just talk about, but he did it. He baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin. Can I tell you today that he rebaptized them, they had been baptized unto John, but he said, "Thank God for repentance, thank God that you 've come here today." Amen, I'm not here to denounce anything. I'm not here to take away from anything. Thank God. Amen, I'm going to tell you something. Unless you're just here for some ill motive today, somebody put something in your heart or you wouldn't even be in this house today. And so I say thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God that you had enough in your heart to walk in this house. But who knows But that God didn't allow you to walk in this house today to hear this preacher stand behind this pulpit and say but now you need to go on amen the apostle Paul said now we need to go on in Acts 19 and he rebaptized the disciples of John in the name of the Lord Jesus there's power in Jesus name amen there's power in Jesus name now the clock is going faster than me today and I know the answer here but can you stay with me for a little while amen this is too important to stop Amen, I, I, I don't want to try to break this up at all. In his commission to the disciples, Jesus declared all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Among the final words that Jesus said to his disciples was this statement. And, and, and I'm not taking this out of context or even out of the context of what I'm talking about. So just stay here with me for a moment. Mark 16 and 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen, here's the key in my name. In my name shall they cast out devils. Amen. I could easily read this just like I'm going to read this today without messing up anything. I just want to underline the name. In my name shall they cast out devils. In my name shall they speak with new tongues. In my name shall they take up serpents. In my name if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick. And in my name they shall recover. Amen, in my name. The name is what is important here. Jesus, amen, possessed all power in heaven and in earth. But you know what? He gave that power to his disciples. He didn't take that with him when he left. I've got to go away, but I'm going to send you the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. It shall be in you. It's going to dwell in you. It's going to abide in you. It's not like in the days of Samson, something that's going to come on you and then leave you. But this is something that's moving in, and it's moving in to stay. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen saints of god that's why that you have the authority to lay somebody lay your hands on somebody's fevered brow in the middle of the night and proclaim healing over their life why amen these signs shall follow them that believe not these signs shall follow the preacher not these signs shall follow the pastor or the evangelist or the missionary Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah But I'm telling you today That these hands can pray a prayer of faith I'm telling you today That these hands can pray a prayer of faith Hallelujah, amen We can pray a prayer of faith And a life be changed And a life be changed Praise God Why? Because the one who had power over heaven and earth Gave us that power he placed that power in us. Oh, yes, he did. Holy Amen. He gave his disciples the authority to use his name. His name. I realize in the day of identity theft, it's a little bit harder to do business in somebody else's name, thankfully, for all the crooked people in the world. Thankfully that it... it, it that. But, you know, I remember the day when you could, you could call ahead and say, my wife's coming in. Uh, my son's going to stop by. Amen. I'm not so old that y'all gonna make me feel like I'm the only one to remember those days, right? And what what I was saying without saying is they're gonna stop by and they're gonna pick up something for me and what I was saying without saying is they're gonna come by and they're gonna do some business in my name. They can sign the bill but I'm gonna stand good for it. They can pick up the product, but I'm going to take care of it. It's covered. It's covered. I will take care of that. I will I will take care of that. You. you remember the days where you could sign a check and send a signed check with someone that you truly trusted? <laughs> and with that signed check, they could go do whatever they wanted to do. Amen. I, I remember one time, and, and if you'll just... I'm going to just tell a story and kind of catch my breath here for just a moment. But I remember going to a church one time and, and, the, and, and, and we were in need of a blessing and God sent us to the right place. I've shared some of this before with maybe, maybe everybody. But, but the church, it was, this would tell you what era it was or what, at least what era it's not, that, that when we got there the church, uh, the, the pastor of the church and his wife called us in the office and they gave us two signed checks. And they said to my wife, sister Upton grabbed my wife by the shoulders, looking her in the eyes, and said, I want you to go and buy groceries, and I want you to promise me you won't buy any generic beans. I want you to promise me you'll buy nothing but name, brand, everything. You hear me? And then they gave us a sign check before the days of Super Walmart and you need to go down to Walmart and you need to get detergent and diapers and all that you need to do. And you know what? We walked out of that office somewhat humbled and, 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 and stunned to say the least, but we walked out with the documents to do business in their name. And they were telling the mercy behind that cash register, they were telling the manager that sat in that office, these people can get whatever they want, and when it all is due, we will pay the bill. I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence by taking so much time here today with this, but I'm telling you that we can do, a, we can do business in his name, but we got to have a name. I couldn't sign that check because I wasn't authorized to sign that check. It couldn't just be any name. And my wife couldn't with her beautiful handwriting couldn't sign that check because she didn't have the authority to sign that check. But I'm gonna tell you, there was a church secretary, amen, that had the authority to sign that check, amen. And when we walked in that business, we were 10 foot tall and bulletproof and we could do whatever we wanted because they told us so. Hallelujah. I'm here today to tell you that all power in heaven is... Has been given to the church. Yes, it has. He has given us his name. (laughs) His name. His name. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to tell our Sunday school that it's your fault. I'm going to blame every bit of this on y'all because you keep standing up and taking up my time. That's what you're doing. Amen. Amen. Some people who claim to be believers in Jesus think the days of miracles have ended. Amen. But the issue is not whether miracles have ceased. The issue is that their faith in the name of Jesus has faded away. We find records of people being healed at the name of Jesus Christ. He was a lame man laying at the gate. This wasn't his first day there. No, no, no. Amen. He was laying there begging alms. He was saying, I need something. I need something. I need something. I need something. Amen. Peter walked up to him and said, silver and gold have I none. Acts 3 and 6, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Amen. Give I thee. Amen. And now he starts talking about what he has. Amen. Such as I have, give I thee. And here's what I have. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that the lame man received his healing at the gate. Beautiful. When Peter made this statement. And the Bible says in Acts 3.16. And his name through faith in his name. Hath made this man strong. Amen. In His name through faith in His name hath made His name strong. Can I tell you today, don't lose your faith in the name. Don't lose your faith in the process. Don't let the willy-nilly come, easy, easy, come, easy, go... Feeling and mindset of our world today try to melt down and wet away and wash away the rudiment, the fundamental elements of the church. Amen. This preacher has been for weeks standing behind this desk saying, We got to have the foundation. We got to have the foundation. We got to have the foundation. This is not about how well we sing. This is not about how well we can organize a program. This is not about a well oiled machine. This is about the foundation. The foundation praise praise God we love to read about and hear about physical healings the greatest power though I will tell you and I have been healed and I know there are people that have been healed miraculously here in this building but I'm going to tell you something greater than a physical healing It's when someone has their sins washed away power It's a name above all names. The name of Jesus, whether in heaven or earth or beneath the earth, that's what Philippians 2, 9, 10, 11 says. The angel of heaven, they fall down and they worship at the mention of that name. But can I tell you today that the name of Jesus calls demons to prostrate themselves in holy reverence to God. There's coming a time what the scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. John saw Jesus returning with the name written on his vesture. This is what John saw in Revelation 19, 16. This was not the inscription that man nailed to the wooden cross. This was not the inscription. This was not what man titled him. But John saw him in Revelation. And on his vesture it said, King of kings, Lord of lords. Hallelujah. His name was above every name. Praise God. I'm going to try to give just a little bit of a summary here. Water baptism is an essential element to salvation. Don't ever let someone convince you of anything less. It's in scripture. We got to obey this book. It is to be administered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nowhere else in this book that you can find it rendered any other way than in his name. Those who walk with Jesus, heard his teaching, they practiced Baptism in the early church and that's why the Bible declares that we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Yes. These are not men who just slung out there on their own to do something and, 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 to, and to try to, to, uh, to just make up something as they went. Amen, we're building on the foundation of those who walk with him. They understood that the name of Jesus Christ was essential to remit sins. Therefore, the name of Jesus was constantly used throughout the New Testament. Only in the name of Jesus is there power to cleanse us from sin. That is our only hope, is the name of Jesus. Yes. Jesus asked the scribes and the Pharisees of Jerusalem. He said, why do you, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Well, you're so caught in tradition, tradition. And he said, you are transgressing the commandment of God because you're caught in your tradition. History in the Bible witnesses that water baptism was performed by immersion and that it was performed in the name of Jesus Christ. And all other modes and formulas were merely the traditions of men. I'm not saying this to be ugly, but I was so flabbergasted a few years ago. We were riding down the road and I was listening to, uh, on the radio, I was listening to a man preach and he was teaching on baptism, but he, his, his subject of baptism or or the aspect of baptism that he was actually teaching on that day was whether or not you could be sprinkled or you needed to be immersed. And I'm going to just flat out tell you that this man taught one of the bar none, for me, bar none, he taught one of the best Bible lessons on baptism by immersion that I had ever heard in my life. He, he just articulated every point, just, just it was just wonderful. And at the very close of his message, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. I am actually thinking, I'm going to order this. Because I just, I, pre, I appreciate the points that were made, and I still do appreciate the points that were made. And then he got to the very end of his message, and and he said, I know some of you are probably wondering if I am telling you that baptism is essential. And he said, and then it started kind of, it started getting murky. And then he went as far to say, he said, well, are you telling me that I won't make heaven my home if I'm not baptized? And his reply was this. He said, you'll go to heaven but you'll just go to heaven disobediently. I'm not I'm not here to sling rocks, and you know, even what I'm doing right now is way out of character for me. The tragedy of tragedies is how many people heard that? How many people heard that and believed it? Because that, that satisfied, that, that helps, that, that, that takes away the stinger. And I thought, sir, you just led someone down the most magnificent road they could ever journey. And then said, but you can take it or leave it. It will have no, it will have no weight in the end. God, help us today. God, help us today. Amen. We need the Lord. Amen. Just if you would give me five more minutes of your time. John 3 says that we are born of the water and the spirit. Perhaps the key verse today ought to be, have been this. 1 John 5 and 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So the question, when am I saved? When, when are we saved? We're saved when we do all three because this is a package deal. Amen. The spirit, the water, and the blood. It all has to be applied. It all has to be applied. Amen. And so when we do all three, the blood is repentance. Water baptism. Amen. Water baptism and the spirit. Uh, blood is repentance. The, the water is baptism and the spirit is receiving the Holy Ghost as evidence with speaking with other tongues. Second Thessalonians says this. And, and, and I want it to be sober for a moment here now. Because this is very, very serious. You will not read a more alarming passage of Scripture in many, many respects than 2 Thessalonians. Because 2 Thessalonians says we must love the truth. Or if I could just say what Thessalonians says, that that God gave people up and let them be deceived and believe lies because they had not a love for the truth. And so here, here is where it really comes down to roost in our own life. We can believe something that we don't love. You gotta love it enough to preach it. You gotta love it enough to defend it. Amen. You gotta love and love it enough to keep on against the current. Amen. To love, to love something. Just yesterday I had to go to a, a preach a special service yesterday afternoon. Uh, one of the precious men in our section was retiring after 68 years of ministry. I felt somewhat inadequate to stand in the shadow of 68 years of preaching to say something to Brother and Sister Herod. But one of our, one of our friends were here. I forgot to tell my wife about this last night, so pardon me while I tell her something here for just a moment. But one of her dear friends, Sister Karen Strong, and then when the service was over, she asked me in the foyer. She said, "Well, she said, she just, she said, how was Jackie?" I said, "Mean as a snake." (laughs) And without hesitation, she didn't clear her throat. She looked with just almost devil eyes at me, and she said, "If she anybody had to live with you, how could they not be?" I'm just kind of sharing the level of respect that I carry around among the pastors. and the. So I, I just cracked up laughing. I said, now you are a true friend. You are a true friend. She wasn't even here to hear this, and you defended her, and her. She said, she is my friend. She is my friend. So what I'm saying with my little weird illustration there is that you just can't believe this. You've got to love this. Karen Strong loves my wife. Amen, she thought I was getting a little bit sassy. She just picked me up and put me right back in my place because she loves my wife. Amen, are are you getting my illustration there? Uh, albeit warped as it is, amen, you can can know something and not love it. You can know something and not cherish it. You can love something and say, well, I I know it and I I believe it, but I I don't know. It can have this little wishy-washy place in our life. Amen, I'm going to tell you that when we hear Acts 2.38, hear me, church, amen, I'm not trying to start any tradition, but I'm just going to tell you that when we hear Acts 2.38 read, something ought to turn over in our heart. I'm not talking about man worship. I'm not talking about title. Worship, but I'm going to tell you, oh, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that when we hear, amen, when we hear Simon Peter stand up on this grand and glorious day and say, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sin, amen, we ought to maybe, we ought to want to put our hand over our heart, amen, like I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Why? Because this is what we're built on. This is what we're built on. This is what we're built on. Hallelujah. Stand with me across this building. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Don't, don't step back. Step up. Amen. Don't don't disconnect. Come on and pull in here today. And let the spirit of God touch our hearts in this house. Amen. I mentioned this. I mentioned this earlier in my message. Some people try. To reduce what I've been teaching this morning Down to semantics But can I tell you it's far more than that Father is not a name Son is not a name Holy Ghost is not a name And if you're going to do business You're going to have to have a name Hallelujah Where is the power? The power is in the name Amen The power is in the name that is invoked over you In that baptistry Hallelujah Hallelujah When I went down, I didn't just get wet. When I went down, it wasn't just a momentous occasion in my life. When I went down, it wasn't just a wonderful day in the life of my family. But my sins were pardoned. My sins were washed away. I was made whole. I was cleansed. But it didn't happen because I got wet. It happened because somebody pronounced a name, a name over me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. While your sins are under the blood They need to be washed away Baptism is that washing away Where is the power in baptism I said it, it's not the water Amen. It's the same water we wash our hands with It's the same water that flows out of the faucet Freely, it's not the preacher Amen, I'm just another man With warm blood running through my veins Amen, something has to be pronounced over us Amen, in that water Jesus said all power in heaven and earth Has been given unto me Amen, if there was any God beside him then he could not have all power he said all power has been given unto me if there was another God he could not have all power but he has all power and I want the name of that all power hallelujah I want the name of that all power I want the name of that all authority I want the name that hell is afraid of I want the name that disease has to back up I want that name applied to my life. I want that name. Amen. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Savior of the world. There is no one like Jesus Christ. There is no name in order. Amen. No other authority. There is no other power. Amen. 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 I am a lot of things, and I feel a lot of roles and wear a lot of shoes and a lot of hats. Just like many of you in this house, I'm a father, a son, an uncle, a pastor, and the list goes on and on and on. But I can't do business in those names. When I walk into a bank, they don't want to talk to Reverend. When I walk into a place of business, they're not asking me what your title is. But if I'm going to make something, if I'm going to make something official. I've got to write my name. My wife grew up with a nickname. Some of you remember that. She grew up with a nickname in her younger years. And, uh, but you know what? When, no matter what her family called her around the family table, no matter what her family called her around family gatherings and things of that nature, when she got a job, they wanted to talk to Jacqueline. Now, in all honesty, when I met her, I met her through that nickname. And, and after she got into the working world, after I started bringing her up a little bit there, <laughs> I had to get retrained because I was so accustomed to, to calling her by her nickname. But, you know, so many other people started realizing and recognizing her by her, her real name. And so I said, you know what, that is her name. And she said, always said, even when we were dating, she said, you know, I, I, I always really wanted to be called by my name. And you know, now I rather enjoy calling her by her name. As a matter of fact, when I call her by her nickname, now she thinks I'm being a smart aleck. <laughs> Amazing how that all transformed. <laughs> and I see them eyebrows raise up and I realize, Amen. The name, the name, it means something. It means something, the name. I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna close. June the 11th, 1980, the corner of Hunt and Bomber Road. This young lady and I stood in front of the pastor of our church and we went through a ceremony just a few minutes and when it was all said and done, one of the most grand moments in my life that I'll never forget is that he turned us around and he said, pause. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, I introduce to you Mr. and Mrs. Steve Boyd. She was no longer a Ziegler. She was no longer, that was not, she could no longer do business with that. That was a thing of the past. But she could do business in my name. She was mine. She wasn't ashamed of that. I'm glad she Amen. took on my name. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm probably rambling now, but I remember one time when we were dating and uh, she worked at her daddy's restaurant and, and I walked in the restaurant one day and there was a little doodle sheet on the, on the table where she had been sitting some of the waitresses and she had been practicing writing. She was anticipating this. I liked the look of it before it became official. And I haven't got over it yet. I'm thankful for the name. Let's love that name today. Can we do that?
0: This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.